something that I'm a big fan of and that I'm lucky that you share with me is we want as many tools in our tool belt as possible, right? So when we do have a conflict or when we do have something that needs addressing, we have something in our arsenal that can hopefully help us fix it or at least help us mitigate the damages that might happen. And it's something that we work hard at. We live together, we work together, uh, we're married, we now have a child and just seeing, seeing a couple do that imperfectly and seeing how they learn as they grow is for me immensely helpful. I really like it when mm-hmm. other couples or other people do that and do it in an authentic way. So yeah. I think it's still helpful, even though we're not necessarily experts. Yes. I study the patterns of the what is and what is not true? Those who know themselves being better every single day. Hello and welcome to the Think Grow Podcast. You're listening to the Think Grow Podcast. <laughs> um, welcome to today's episode of the Think Grow Podcast. Today's episode is a fun segment we like to do called Think Grow Together. Um, for new listeners out there, my name is Vanessa. I am one half of the Think Grow Prosper team. I also happen to be Ruben's wife and the mother of his brand new baby. And when I say brand new, I mean six months old. And said baby, um, little Ruben, is here recording the podcast with us today. And we're going to get into it, talk about our life together. Um, we actually got a question from a listener and reader that we thought was interesting and a good time to refresh what we think about our relationship and how we talk about it and the tools that we use. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good intro. Thank you. Hi, little guy. Oh, man, this is a, this is a fun podcast episode. Okay. Yeah, I guess I can start by reading the, the question. Yeah. And then we can riff off of it and give our thoughts and just talk about our relationship and relationships in general. That might be a fun a fun topic. Yes, and you um, be prepared for cuteness overload because you might hear a couple of babbles from our little one. He's trying to crawl. He wants to switch between mom and dad. He's just living his left best life. Okay, so let's let's jump right into this this question here. She says, "The more I listen to your podcasts, the more I notice that you and your wife." have different personalities, and you guys receive info and communicate differently. <laughs> yep, super differently. <laughs> she, she, she goes on to say, how do you guys make that work, i.e. keep healthy communication? Me and my boyfriend struggle with this, and I've explained to him that it's important to learn about your person and figure out how they communicate and receive information, be empathetic, seek to understand, not just react, etc., so that there's healthy and efficient communication and effective communication. But my boyfriend believes doing so is quote unquote catering to one's needs and that we should have the emotional intelligence to figure it out on our own and not burden the other person with our emotions. I don't believe this is healthy. And that's how she ends her message. So what are your... I thought that was an interesting uh, situation and an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are your thoughts on on that? Um, I thought it was interesting. It it sounded to me kind of like they were at the beginning of their relationship. 
right? Where it's a little bit past the honeymoon period and now just hitting a few conflicts and realizing that they approach things differently. So I I also thought it was very astute of her to, my favorite part was when she's like, you guys have different personalities and have seemed to fi- have figured it out. And the reason that was my favorite part is because we have worked pretty hard to do so. And I was excited about the opportunity to answer the question. You had a good take on it too, so I wanted to. Before we got to dive into the actual how, I wanted to dive into your reaction. Well, I, I thought it was interesting because you have uh, a situation where her boyfriend is saying that catering to one's needs is he's framing this as 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 kind of a negative thing, and that I mean it's understandable, I guess, if you view figuring out other people and speaking to them in a way they want to be spoken to mm-hmm. as catering to their needs. I can see how that's a little negative, but in fact, that's a crucial component of emotional intelligence. And that's funny because in his message, he's talking about that, oh, we should have emotional intelligence to know, you know, how to deal with the other person. Right. Just to figure it out. Just to figure it out. Right. But I don't think that's emotional intelligence. That's like psychic abilities. (laughs) Right. Like the true emotional intelligence, ironically enough, is the very thing that he thinks is is catering to one's needs or a, a negative thing, which is basically learning how other people respond to information right. and to messages that, that you're that you're delivering and how they see the world. I mean, this is kind of a basic building block of of a fun, of a good relationship, of a healthy relationship, right? And so I just thought that was an odd thing. How he was defining emotional intelligence. Yeah. But to be fair, to his credit, not everyone is like us. Um, Ruben and I, at the beginning of our relationship, probably within the first few months, um, were, we were already talking about a few things we're going to go over today. We were already talking about the five love languages. We were diving into <laughs> psychology and different things that drive us and things that we were already personally interested in. I had like a subscription to psychology today magazine and i would talk to you about articles i was reading you introduced me to gary chapman and so not everyone just finds that interesting yeah yeah no i i I agree with that i i guess um well i do want to get into the tools because we have a few tools in our toolbox that i think help uh lubricate the wheels of our relationship let's say and I think those are really useful to cover and point people in that in those directions but yeah I just wanted to I guess clarify that for you know for this woman who sent this mm-hmm. message and also just for our audience at large I think that it's really um, important to to kind of just clarify that not not only is it um, not a negative thing to quote unquote cater to one's needs, but it's it's actually essential for a relationship. And I don't mean cater to one's needs like in a in a weight on you hand and foot kind of a thing. No. It's it's important to I think it's important to adjust your approach based on your partner. Exactly. That's a very succinct way um, of putting it. And and that's it. And to take them to consider someone else is the definition of being in a relationship. How right. I relate to you and you relate to me means, oh, I'm not operating independently in the world. I have to consider our relationship when I communicate ideas to you, when I make decisions. Those are things. And then as our lives become more interconnected, I have to relate and consider you more and more often. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost self-evident. Like, it's just, it's an obvious 
fact about a relationship. And I think this, her boyfriend actually knows this intuitively. He's just kind of, maybe he's a little bit confused because if, if he were, he, he presumably wants people to speak to him in a way that, that he understands and he appreciates mm-hmm. and, and that, that he responds well to. I mean, everybody does. Everybody yeah. wants to be communicated with, um, you know, in a way that, that is tailored to them. And so to say that he doesn't want to do that for, for her is, is a little bit contradictory. Yeah. Confusing. And, and I think it's, you can't talk about it. him talking about emotional intelligence is an indicator that he's not like misanthropic. Right, mm-hmm. but him saying, "Oh no, I don't think you should cater to someone else." It almost comes off as that, like you can't just operate in the world without considering others. That's right, inconsiderate. Right, right, yeah, and and so to kind of get into some of the tools that help us consider the other person, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think one of those is, and this is, I, I was introduced to to this tool in high school by by my psychology teacher, Mr. Corner. Mr. Corner, if you ever listen to this, uh, I love you. And <laughs> you had a huge impact on my life. Still, I think about, uh, I think about his class and, and all the things I learned. But he, he went, we had a whole uh, kind of part of a semester where he talked about the five love languages. And this was just such a crucial tool for me that I continue to use later on in life. But anyway, when, when we got together, I think we had some understanding of it, but I, I really kind of fleshed it out for you and mm-hmm. it's one of the frameworks that we kind of pull from totally. and that we use often because it's it's always running in the background i think in some sense in our relationship mm-hmm. uh, and yeah and we re- we revisit it often and then not only that but we use it as a framework to discuss other people yeah um and so as you can imagine people come to Ruben um, in our lives and they'll might ask him about like for relationship advice or for input into conflicts that they might be having and Ruben this is one of the I think it's like a very accessible framework I think anybody mm-hmm. it's very simple it's very easy to understand I mean I don't want to go into all all these these different tools in detail here but just briefly it's it's essentially a way to understand how different people receive love because there's different ways that different people receive love. Like you can tell someone you love them all day long, but if, if they don't if they don't interpret that as as actual affection, then you're wasting your efforts. Mm-hmm. It's like speaking French when somebody only speaks English. Exactly. That's why it's called the five love languages. So you want to learn how to speak other pe- other people's love languages and then communicate with them in that language exactly so words of affirmation is one of them that's mm-hmm. that's mine acts of service is one of them that's that's yours mm-hmm. quality time is that that's both of us share that as our second yeah yeah or tied for first depending on um gifts and physical touch mm-hmm. I, I think that's five and so anyway this is a really useful a useful way to understand why you might not be feeling love or why you might why your efforts to give love might not be well received by the other person Mm -hmm. you you know and 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 there's different relationships that we discuss in our own private conversations that um that we can analyze using this framework and go oh well yeah she's doing you know she's doing all these words of affirmation when when he he actually wants her to do to do an act of service he actually wants her to just take out the trash or Mm -hmm. whatever it is or, or you know, she needs, or he needs quality time, um, but all he keeps doing is giving him gifts. Yeah. 
And so those are those are important. Those are really, really relevant. Yeah. It's a really useful... I mean, relationships are complex for sure, but this is a very useful way to simplify um, some of the complex dynamics that, mm-hmm. that are at play. So that, that's a really useful one that we refer back to. Well, and something that, that this tie goes hand in hand with is something that I read um, and that was very formative for me was in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Eat, Pray, Love, where she talks about the majority of conflict are about two things. It's either how much do you love me or who has more power? Mm. And it might, often, sometimes it's even both. But if we're just using that as a completely non-official idea, how much do you love me or who has more power, if Mm -hmm. we can summarize all relationship conflict in that, then we can solve half of them by not having to ask the question, how much do you love me? Because if we're speaking each other's love languages, and I'm, for instance, I'm giving you words of affirmation, so I'm filling your cup up, then I, you'll never have to ask the question, like, how much do you love me? Because you have, I'm, I'm, I've given, I've deposited some love in your bank account, so. Right. Yeah. And, and I may still have to ask it, but it's, it's at least we have a shared way of, of navigating that, that right. situation if it comes up. But no, that that's also another another little uh, a tool that we've used. How much do you love me? Who has more power? And it often does come down to that. And and sometimes, you know, if we're in the midst of an argument, you've asked that question, or you know, we've kind of remembered that that little trick, that little tool, and and realized that oh yeah, I'm not feeling loved by you, mm-hmm. or or oh yeah, like and off, this is often the case with me. Um, oh yeah, I feel like you're exerting power. <laughs> I feel like yeah. you're exerting more power and I feel a little bit powerless. And that's kind of a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's another really useful uh, tool right. or mini framework mm-hmm. to, to use. Or just like question to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, question, I yeah. think um, this is this is maintenance. Five love languages is kind of maintenance. If we keep that in mind when I interact with you, then we're bound to have more loving interactions. And I think that question is more when conflicts arise, Mm -hmm. if you have the wherewithal to pause. Um, Or I think the way we started, and we still kind of sometimes will get to this, is we'll ask ourselves after we've resolved it. Like, oh, what kind of, what was at the root of that? Yeah, analyzing, doing the post-analysis on your disagreements or, or as... Uh, Gottman calls it regrettable incidents mm-hmm. uh, is really useful because then you can use that information to prevent future disagreements or navigate them more effectively. Which brings me to my next one I wanted to cover yeah. and something that we used just a few minutes ago, you did actually, is like, it's. I think this is part of the Gottman method, which is kind of identifying emotions and, and calling them out um, at the beginning Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, I was, when we were getting this podcast set up, uh, <laughs> I guess I was in a rush or I was coming off a certain way. Brash. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, I'm, I'm, I'm barking orders to Vanessa and she kind of stops and she goes, hey, are you feeling uh, aggravated or, or something? Because you're coming off a little, a little brash, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just and this is this is really useful to identify and just kind of call out an, mm-hmm. an emotion in a in a respectful way. 
And in, in a way that signals to the other person, like, you know, there's something that I'm detecting in you that, that may lead to an argument. Yeah. And I mean, a big part of that, I think the way to do that in a way that doesn't lead to an argument is giving you the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Are you aggravated? Right. Like, I, I'm i not certain. I was still wasn't certain. I mean, I can say now that we're on record that you were being objectively bragged. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the way to mitigate that would not be to be like, you're being brash. Right, and right. being brash myself. It's to, Asking it's, the question. It's to say like, hey, are you meaning to be brash? And right. giving you the benefit of the doubt and giving you an opportunity to correct. Yeah. Because you kind of know when something is go- is kind of bubbling up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and at the beginning there, kind of asking the other person, hey, are you meaning to be blank? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I'm sensing blank. Yep. And we, actually, this is this is a, a, a tool that um, John Medina talks about in, in um, his book, Brain Rules. Well, Brain Rules for Baby, actually. Yep. And there's a whole section on the... Shifting dynamics, how the dynamics shift once you have a kid and mm-hmm. how to how to deal with that. What is he saying? That identifying and acknowledging the other person's emotion is almost always just a way to solve the, a conflict before it starts. Mm. And if the conflict has already started, identifying the emotion is a great way um, to make, oftentimes it's um, the mother who needs to feel heard. Right. Um, and he, you know, quotes certain statistics for divorce rates, and it's never the, it's hardly ever um, the dad who is saying like, oh, I didn't feel heard, or I didn't feel supported, right. and oftentimes the mom who didn't feel heard and supported. So just mirroring back what you see in someone, oh, I'm sensing this, am I correct? Makes somebody feel seen. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the... That's the the principle behind this this method, this approach is when you clarify or when you identify someone's emotions, you kind of help them out, right? Because they might not know exactly what they're feeling, but you help them out by, by articulating the feeling, but also you make them feel heard. You make them feel seen and that softens them. Totally. And it, I, I mean, it's worked on me and I think it's worked on you Definitely. In, in many circumstances. That's a really useful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't react. Like, it's really useful to not react. <laughs> Baby's trying to crawl right now. He's also, I think, um, trying to depict an example of what happens when you react. <laughs> when you react to someone's emotions. It's just aggravating. They get aggravated. You get aggravated. Instead, pause and ask a question. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sensing some... Some aggravation with you. Right. Or like, did you mean to snap at me? I think it can be, it can be as simple as, I mean, sometimes we don't have like the, the wherewithal in the moment to be like as generous of spirit. Yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's so hard. I've messed this up many times. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, baby's laughing at me. He agrees. He's like, yes, you have dad. Um, yeah, it is pretty funny, but yeah, I mean, but it's so much, it, sometimes all you can do is say like, did you mean to snap at me? Did you mean to like, are you, um, one that Ruben does to me is, um, did you mean to snarl at me? Because I make a lot of faces apparently. And, um, I make a lot of faces when I'm preoccupied. And so like Ruben gives me the opportunity and himself, actually, he gives himself a pause. That way he doesn't take my face personally. 
and gives me the opportunity to depersonalize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give, giving the other person the opportunity to be gracious mm-hmm. and to correct their mistake before, before jumping on them. You know, th- th- these are some of the things that we learned in, in, um, the Gottman workshop when yeah. we went, you know, so, and that's a really useful, um, method and, and approach that I really like. So we've, we've covered five love languages. We've covered Gottman. Uh, well, not covered, but we've touched on, on these, these tools, a couple other ones. What's another framework that we use? I think the four tendencies is one of my go-tos. Yeah, that's a good one. Four tendencies, Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, she's been on here. It's, it, that was a really great conversation. It's kind of a personality framework, but it's how you respond to expectations. Right. Inner expectations and outer expectations. Mm-hmm. And for me, at least, it, it can be applied to a vast um, array of different things. But for me, what it helps most with is kind of uh, dealing with communication and or persuasive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um kind of arguments or things that could become conflicts yeah. and before they do almost annoyances right like well because if you're in a relationship there are certain things that you expect of of the other person mm-hmm. i think and so how you communicate those expectations is going to depend on what tendency that that person is and right. you, you should at least take that tendency into account Yes. And also, like we talked about earlier, how there's kind of, for me, I use questions a lot in my head in in terms of what is, how something went wrong or how something can go wrong. And so we talked about conflicts and the question being what, um, you know, who has more power or how much do you love me? I think when it comes to the, the answer that the four tendency, the question that the four tendencies answers is more like, what needs do I have that aren't being met? Right? Or mm. what expectations do I have that aren't being met? And, and why? I want to take a brief moment to talk about one of our sponsors for this show, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 25,000 classes in pretty much any field you can think of. Writing, photography, uh, cooking, even social media marketing, just to name a few. One of the many reasons that I love and promote Skillshare is because their core values of learning and growing are very much in alignment with my own and I'm sure if you're listening to this with yours too. I'll tell you about one of my favorite classes that I've ever taken with Skillshare. It was a productivity masterclass and it was all about creating systems in your life and business. And it was taught by this pretty well-known YouTuber and it completely changed how Vanessa and I run our business. It helped give us our time back by helping us to create systems that streamlined and organized our content creation and our editorial calendar for Fingerl Prosper. Massively, massively helpful. And here's the cool news. Right now, Skillshare is offering listeners of the Thinkgirl podcast two months free so you can try it out for yourself. Go to Skillshare.com slash ThinkGrow. You'll get unlimited access to 25,000 classes for a full two months at no cost. So it's basically a risk-free situation here. The specific URL that you want to visit for this offer is Skillshare.com slash ThinkGrow. Check it out. Join the millions of other students who are learning and growing with Skillshare. I've used it for a while. I love it. I think you will too. 
Again, that URL is skillshare.com slash thinkgrow. And now, back to the show. There are four tendencies. There's the questioner, the obliger, mm-hmm. the rebel, and the upholder. Yes. And so, like, really quickly, the, the upholder um, will... Re- they, they uphold all expectations, right. inner and outer, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if they want to do something, they'll do it. They set goals. But right. also if somebody asks them to do something, they're going to do it regardless. Mm-hmm. So they're really easy. Um, the other one is questioner. And, and that's kind of where I fall. That's they will respond. They basically respond to inner expectations because any outer expectation needs to have some kind of needs to be filtered through some kind of um, valid framework. Mm-hmm. They need answers to their questions in order to um, respond to that expectation. Right, and that's kind of like Simon Sinek. You like you have to know your why. You're yeah. not just going to operate robotically unless yeah. you've decided that that's going to help you in some way. Like, exactly. Oh, I can operate robotically if I've decided this is the best way for me to operate. Yeah. But you have to decide that's the best way. And so questioners. Um, ask a lot of questions. And so this can sometimes lead with conflict with you and I, when I ask you to do something or um, expected you to do something. And then you ask me, oh, why do I need to do it this way? Why do I need? And you, I don't want to say you barrage me with questions, but um, you have. (laughs) Yeah. and, And so, but it's a useful thing to know that all I need is a simple, like, oh, can, can you put the, dish towels away in this way because otherwise they'll get moldy right or right but really like so i'm like oh we put the dish towels over here and you're like yeah i know we do that but i decided to question and challenge that thing that we've done for years um and not not for arbitrary reasons but because because you didn't have a reason and because i think that there's a a proper i view a proper way to do mm-hmm. certain a certain thing and if you have a better way like i'm open to that for right. sure but i'm going to operate to the best of my knowledge doing something that i think is the most effective way right and i think questioners i think it just need more reasoning with and something that i'd like to say actually i'll save it until we wrap up um this part okay um so next is yeah. obliger which obliger. is um people who don't respond to their own expectations of themselves so these are the people who might make new year's resolutions and they won't reply but if they if you tell them hey meet me at the gym at six they'll go because they're meeting you and they're you hold them accountable they're held accountable by other people yeah exactly they respond to outer expectations only essentially right. Um, and, and, and people like this would be useful. It's useful for them to have social obligations mm-hmm. if they want to meet goals. You right. know? Like you want to read more, join a book club. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the gym more, find a gym buddy who's counting on you to be there um, right. at a certain time. That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then rebels. Yep. This fun category, <laughs> which is where Vanessa falls. Who don't reply or don't respond well to inner or outer expectations, which is super fun to navigate for Ruben, I'm sure. (laughs) Basically, um, Gretchen talks about how the mantra of the rebel is, no, you're not the boss of me. No Mm -hmm. one can make me. And so this has fueled my um, wanting to be an entrepreneur or um, business owner and my motivation to stay that way. because I do not like to be told what to do. Uh, we share, so Ruben and I share that we're not really motivated by what other people tell us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is different is Ruben has this kind of inner, he'll respond well to his own inner expectations. And so that gives him a, lo- a great deal of discipline. 
I don't even reply to my um, inner expectations unless I have to have a very strong why, maybe even a stronger kind of bigger picture why. Emotions move you. So Emotions move if, me. If I tell you that, you know, if I make an emotional plea for something. I'm gone. You have me. You got me. <laughs> so that's really useful to know. It's like a little, I got that in my back pocket, you know. Right. So when if Urban says like, oh, it's important to me that you do this. Even if he doesn't go any further, that's it. Like, for me, that's enough. Like, oh, it's important to you? Like, it's not that important to me. And this is also where we use um, kind of the number framework where, you know, I'll say, oh, this matters to me like a two. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. And then you'll say like, oh, it matters to me a seven. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, then you can just have it your way because it doesn't matter to me that much. Yeah. Versus if we're both at the same number, like, hey, it matters to me a six and it matters to you a seven, then we have to actually like resolve the conflict. Like for that's a shortcut. Yes. Like, oh, this isn't even worth our time because yes. it doesn't matter that much to me. Exactly. That can save you for that has saved us from from a good handful of, of fights. Right. Like just um assigning a degree of importance on a one to ten scale mm-hmm. of 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 the the issue at hand right you know and you can quash it immediately you don't want to fight for 30 minutes about something that the other person doesn't care about and and the, and part of the reason this is important for us especially is because we both have like a fondness for rhetoric so we like you'll make an argument and you just you want to make a very logical argument and like i like the argument because it's just like oh like how convincing can i be how persuasive can i be and so we can just get caught up doing that that sometimes we're not even fighting about the original thing anymore we're just seeing who can out argue the other person Mm -hmm. obviously i win most of the time but oh 100%. (laughs) um something that's important as we wrap up the four tendencies that i wanted to say is that a big part of this is like it's not the framework that you choose it's not the uh you know these these are fantastic references we'll include them on the show notes but a big part of it is just acknowledging that we're different people yeah. like you know the, the, that's what all that's what all these have in common actually right. is that they acknowledge that there's differences in people and temperaments and personalities and help you to navigate those right and if we go back to her original question where it's like oh like i think we should just i don't think we need to cater to one another and da 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 da, da. it's like no actually you have to acknowledge that that what that does is it ignores that, like, oh, we're different people. We have different needs. We have different expectations. Right. We've had different upbringings. We've had different – so many things are different. Mm-hmm. And then for us to grow as a couple, to grow as people, and to do it so all together, you have to have a certain knowledge. You have to um, – I mean, I'm lucky that you think it's interesting to study yourself because I've always thought it was interesting to study myself. And so we have a little bit of an advantage, whereas we have the we have some common language to discuss. But it's it could just be like, oh, we're different people. Um, I'm not sure who watches like The Good Place, the television show. Then you can say like, oh, I'm more of a cheaty and like my boyfriend is more of an Eleanor. And just knowing that like drawing a distinction between the two of you like hey we're separate people who are trying to get along and cohabitate or whatever the case may be i think that's that's just uh, just as important like i'm an autumn yeah you're a summer like totally i mean another thing that all these these 
tools and slash frameworks have in common is that they kind of give you a shorthand with your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's been really useful for us. Right. Just developing your own special language mm-hmm. with your with your partner, significant other, is a very effective way to um, communicate. Mm-hmm. We can say we don't have to go through the the entire five love languages every time we bring it up. Right. Like we don't have to lay out the entire framework. All we have to do is say, oh, you know, I need some more words of, words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And that's shorthand for a, an entire framework that we've already discussed and we already know. Right. And the same thing with all the other ones too. So what you're describing is is kind of just developing a shorthand for different things. And we've done this with countless other things that I, I can't even remember right now. Yeah, just a shorthand that is a common language that validates the other person, that yeah. validates that we're different. I've seen people do this in a very healthy and a very effective way using astrology. It's like, oh, and I'm, I'm have yeah. a very limited knowledge of astrology, but if you and your partner agree or have a, a common interest of astrology, and then you're like, oh, it must be my... Pisces moon or you know what have you um that's helpful like that can be that can be just as useful as these that we find interesting yeah or self-identifying and telling somebody when you see yourself represented whether it be in frameworks like this or in the media television movies books telling your partner like oh I relate to this character like that's important to me too right um we're currently watching an old episode or I'm sorry an old television show oldish um, the New Adventures of Old Christine with um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And I'll tell Ruben, like, oh, I relate to her honesty there. Or he'll tell me when he relates to somebody else, mm-hmm. even if it's not a character that embodies our identity. Yeah. But certain things that we're teaching each other how we tick in order to hope that things go smoother. Yeah, that's that's really important. And then I think... The last one, I don't know if you have another another tool, but one of the last ones that I'll say, that I'll mention is the Big Five personality model. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, that we've discussed at length and also refer back to in arguments, in analyzing other people. By the way, anal- talking about other people is a really cool, is yes. a really cool tool too, because you get to talk about, well, you get to gossip, but in a productive <laughs> way. Right. Like gossiping is actually... We've kind of evolved to gossip and, um, and not just Ruben and I, like, no, no, no. I mean, people. like humans, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of built into us because we, we need to know who's, who's cheating in our tribe and mm-hmm. we need to know all the things that are happening. Um, obviously it's like most, most gossip is not useful right. today, but if you are, if you are talking about other people's relationship dynamics mm-hmm. with your, with your significant other, especially if you're in a long-term relationship, like that's really useful because you can kind of break down what went wrong in a in an interaction maybe or right. or talk about how how somebody is and and what you think about that type of a person and so and so what what ends up happening is that the other person your partner they have a better idea for how you see the world and how you relate to situations it's also hugely informative of your partner's values if you tell me if a stranger or somebody tells me, oh, I don't think it's concerning they, that so-and-so cheated on their husband, that tells me about their values, right? Mm-hmm, so that's yeah. informative. If um, an, another example might be if somebody says, 
oh, I can't believe that they had a child before they got married. Like those two things, if you especially in contrast with one another, those two people value marriage very differently. Yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe maybe the, the guy you're dating really values polyamory and through through kind of analyzing other people's relationship dynamics, you can ascertain that. Right. So, yeah, after a night out, if you're, you know, you go out with friends, say, you know, doing a post-game wrap-up of the evening and mm-hmm. how other people's comments came came off to you and, and things like that is very useful. I mean, talking about these things is, is really useful. It has right. practical value in, in relationships. It does. And then to, talking about people in your tribe and how they're handling things, like this kind of stuff can prepare you if you ever have to face something similar that somebody else is facing too. Like, yeah. oh, and it, it always changes, I should say, it always changes when the rubber hits the road, right? When we talk yeah. about other people in hypothetical situations, it completely is different. Um, right. Parenthood is a fantastic example of that. You can have as many um, ideal ways of parenting when you are um, parenting from afar, right? When you're just right. looking at other people and you're like, oh, I can't believe they do this or they can't believe they do that. And then you become a parent and you're like, Nope, like there's what's best and there's what works. And sometimes you have to do just what works, Mm -hmm. even though if you had a better idea of what was best before you were in it. Right. But at least talking about, well, talking about your feelings on certain situations Mm -hmm. and how you view certain uh, relationship dynamics and things like that, at least you get your thoughts out there and you start forming your thoughts and you get a better idea for what it is that that at least you think you you want to do or at least where you think you stand and so when the rubber does meet the road then you can you know then you've already at least started that process right, you have a baseline you have all, a baseline. all of this is just it's foundational basically foundations exist the reason why a good foundation is important is in case like disaster strikes right mm-hmm. so um if there's an earthquake or if there's a storm or if there's something that you hope doesn't happen the foundation being strong the integrity being good can make or break the survival of the structure. Yeah. And so I think that's why I'm so passionate, at least about this kind of stuff. And I think also why I think it's so interesting, whether it be in romantic relationships or family dynamics, friendships, all of it, I think matters a lot. And just to circle back to something I mentioned, but it didn't really tie it, tie it with a bow is the big five personality model. Oh, right. This is, this is a a framework that we refer back to often. It's really, um, the I guess the the more well researched and scientific version of of a lot of these kind of frameworks. These are all very useful, but this is a more comprehensive, broad view of personality as mm-hmm. a whole. And and so I'd really recommend looking into it because it it really can help you appreciate the um, psychological diversity and the personality diversity that exists within people. Um, just knowing that there are people who are let's say, extremely high in neuroticism, which is one of the big five personality traits. Um, and and that there are people who are maybe extremely low in neuroticism. And this accounts for huge differences in personality mm-hmm. and and will definitely dictate how you interact with a person and right. should dictate how you interact with a person. So that's another huge, huge tool that um, is massively helpful. It's super helpful. The podcast and the blog post that you have on it, I think... Yes. Break it down very well because it can be super technical. And I think you just. It doesn't have to be though. I, I, I tend to make it technical, but yeah, it, it can be pretty fluid. It's five, it's five traits and, and you can kind of. 
Once, once you, you learn it, you it can be a little bit yeah, more nimble. Yes, once you learn it, it can be nimble. But learning it at first, yeah. it can be very technical. Yeah. So I was just going to say that you break it down as simply, I think, as it can be broken down in the blog post and the podcast, especially because you have um, examples from media yeah. that I think are funny and can kind of help tether that information down. Um, but yeah, I, I, once you introduced me, that's an, a model that I wasn't, I didn't know about at all. I think it was three years ago when you introduced it and it's something that we've used a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It has a lot of explanatory power and predictive power actually in, in, um, in people across cultures. It's, it's very cool. So anyway, uh, what, anything else you wanted to add? Look, I wanted to say also that like we're not relationship experts. Like we're not like gurus of love. I, I think that's. And then that's usually, I mean, it's not, it's not a negative thing. I just, no. we're not preaching what you should do. This is kind of what has worked for us. This is kind of, these are tools that we've used throughout our relationship over the years. And I think it's really useful to know what works for other people. These are just some ideas that are, that are. Yes. And I think like everything on the Think Grow um, podcast and uh, that you produce on Think Grow Prosper, it's all aspirational, right? Like, of course, we would always want to operate with, um, perfectly and yeah. using these frameworks but we don't like everything that you everything that you publish is aspirational we hope that we will use all of these things and something that i'm a big fan of and that i'm lucky that you share with me is we want as many tools in our tool belt as possible right yeah. so when we do have a conflict or when we do have something that needs addressing we have something in our arsenal that can hopefully help us fix it or at least help us mitigate the damages that might happen hopefully it goes without saying that we're not relationship experts but i think that we do a good job and it's something that we work hard at and i don't want to discount that yeah definitely. and we were somebody i mean we're a couple we live together we work together uh we're married we now have a child and just seeing seeing a couple do that imperfectly and seeing how they learn as they grow is for me immensely helpful. I really like it when mm -hmm. other couples or other people do that and do it in an authentic way. So yeah. I think it's still helpful, even though we're not necessarily experts. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a good way to wrap to wrap up our episode. Yeah. Yeah, there's some podcast episodes, blog posts about a lot of the things that we talked about today. Yeah, we'll so. link to all, all of it in the show notes. I also wanted to thank you for having me on the podcast again. Um, this is the first Think Grow Together episode that we've recorded since the episode we recorded on the day that my water broke. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you all for pa having patience with me as I'm a little rusty. I mainly talk to a five-month-old. So <laughs> it was nice to have a long adult conversation. You also talked to a 34-year-old. That's true. But, I mean, mainly. That's true. 90% of the day. I loved having you on, and I think we had a great conversation. Yeah, even with a little baby distractor. Yeah. All right, I love you. Thanks love for you. having me. We love you. Okay. Bye. Love you. Love you guys. See ya. Catch you on the next one. Pew. Flip-flop. Flip-flop. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode and all other episodes on my website at thinkgrowprosper.com slash podcast. That's where I put all the links and resources mentioned in each episode. It's also where I put the outlines of topics covered, which is a really good way to refer back to episodes in the future. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear about it. Feel free to leave a review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway. I make it a point to read all the reviews. 
You can also screenshot this episode and share it to your social media along with something you learned or found interesting. And tag me in your post because I'd love to see what you found interesting. Say hi and thank you for your support. Thank you.